Thank you for listening to the Words and Nerds podcast. I'm your host, Danny B. From all of us in the writing community, we just think you're amazing because you put your heart and soul into everything you talk about on this amazing show. The podcast has over 50,000 listeners every month. I love coming on your show and I love talking about it. Oh my God, I finally get to speak about it. You talk about all the things that I've been with by myself for so long. I mean, you provide that opportunity to so many of us and, you know, always are an amazing host. We chat about books, the writing process and how literature has the power to change the world. But most of all, we have real conversations and we have a laugh. I'm feeling sick. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for being here and sharing the journey. Welcome to the Words Nerds podcast. I'm Danny V, and we are coming to you live from Family Day inside Ross Russ, the podcast bus, bit of a tongue twister, usually Russ the story bus at the Sydney Writers Festival during Family Day, which is absolutely amazing out there. And I'm super excited to welcome Charmaine Ledden Lewis. Welcome. Hello, Warami. <laughs> Lovely to have you. You are an award winning illustrator collaborating with so many amazing people that we can talk about in this interview. And you're really passionate about sharing First Nations experiences and perspectives. So I'd love to hear that. Some of your books are Charlie Swims, Found, Born to Run, some of your many books. Uh, So welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited. Now, it's buzzing out there and I love um, Family Day at Mm. Sydney Writers Festival. What do you love about Sydney Writers Festival? I think... Hmm, two things. So two things. <laughs> well, two main, two big standout things for me is so I, I was just out drawing in front of everyone, and that was loads of fun. But meeting kids, meeting the kids who read our books, uh, meeting uh, where where the books are intended, who the books are intended for. It's beautiful to go uh, and see their faces light up, uh, you know, and, and engage in that start to finish process. You know, I'm, I'm at the beginning with the manuscripts and with illustrating and then eventually all of this magic happens and then there is a book and it ends up in these beautiful little hands and these beautiful little minds and it's lovely to share that full circle, mm. full circle process. Yeah. Um, I think the other thing is also getting to hang out with fabulous people like yourself and meeting all of the amazing kid lit people who are here. Um, it's such a celebration, it's yeah. such a celebration of what we do. I don't know many other industries that get to do that. So, yeah, I think that's the magic to me is people, people, yeah. meeting people young and old. Yeah, it is magic. And I think there's something special about kid lit authors and illustrators that they do. They just love connecting with kids and they yeah. want to share their work with them and inspire yeah. them. And it's something so positive they can feel here today. Yeah, there is definitely that vibe here. And it, maybe it's just that, you know, kid lit people, we're, we're really just little kids still <laughs> in big grown up bodies. And we still want to live in that world and, and that play. imagination and, yeah, the play, all of that sort of stuff. So, yeah, I, I, it's definitely happening today. Mm. And do you find that as an illustrator? Because I think sometimes as an adult we can get a bit serious in adult world. Yes. But you still get to, I guess, play with illustrating. So do you find that you get to do that as an adult in yeah. your career? Yeah, massively. Massively. It's fun to, to find. I've done many things in, in my life. I've been a business analyst. I've been a debt collector. Not many people like that. Um, I've, you know, worked in hospitality. Uh, I've worked for local government. But... Finally, I, I find myself in a place where my head just you know, explodes with magic on the daily uh, of where is this book going to take me? Where's this story going to take me? How am I going to uh, put what's happening in here out on a page? And, and how will I uh, elicit the same uh, spark of joy 
and delight that the manuscript's giving me in somebody else. So I, I think that. that's what I, not to sound too crazy, but I, I think I love most that with this type of work, you can channel something through yourself. So you, you will take somebody's story as an illustrator, you will take their story and you will digest it and, and you have this, you know, alchemical sort of magic that happens in you and you will put something out there and it passes through us. And I think mm, yeah. there's something that I like about being part of that circle of connectivity. Mm, I love that. And you said something interesting there about being illustrated, you're taking someone else's story and then you're mm. putting your kind of own story. And that's what I love about kids' yeah. books and picture books. They have that double layer of story. Yeah. So how do you find that collaboration, if you like? And often you don't always collaborate with the writer. They're quite separate. Mm -hmm. But how do you find taking someone else's story? And then you kind of almost have to make it your own as well, though, in, that, in the illustrator part. Definitely. Um, I've been really fortunate with the manuscripts that I've been given. In fact, the first the first manuscript that I was given was uh, Uncle Bruce Pascoe's Found. And that was, there, there were elements of that. So as an illustrator, you have to be true to the manuscript. And if there is a character with a particular description, um, they are a particular type of being, you have to be respectful of that. Uh, but sometimes you'll get a manuscript that just you know, it lets your mind wander and you can decide what kind of what kind of creature or person is going to convey this message or this story and and like you said with the layers uh i, I like manuscripts like that mm. and especially like with uncle bruce's book found uh that was that was about a calf uh it's subtext to that book is the stolen generations so my family um we are my, my great grandmother was stolen, and the ramifications of that we still feel today. That book gave us an opportunity uh, to convey those layers within the illustrations, within the words, uh, and start a gentle conversation about uh, stolen generation yeah. issues. And a really important conversation. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but like you say, like you can add your own story to that, and so. You, you get to draw from your own experiences and put your own sort of take on things uh, and, and that that's part of the collaboration. Yeah, I, I love think. that. Whereas, you know, I've looked at a manuscript recently and the instructions were so specific. We want this and this and this and it felt the scope felt really, really narrow and kind of, you know, kind of made me go, what do you need me for? <laughs> You just need me to draw. Yeah, okay. yeah. You don't need this. You just need me to draw. Yeah. So, and that's the magic, isn't it? Having the the extra story on top and seeing what the illustrator comes back with. You know, I find that okay. fascinating. Well, yes, because you're an award-winning author. <laughs> Not so, award yet. Okay, well, best-selling <laughs> author. You're doing amazing books. So but I love that. I love when you get back because I don't like to give any notes to an illustrator because I want to cool. see what they come back with. And then you go, oh, I would never have thought of that. That's cool. That's amazing. That's generous. That's really generous because, um, you know, and it, the types of books that uh, I've worked on as well, like working for Kathy Freeman, mm. I couldn't exactly depict her as something other than Kathy Freeman. <laughs> uh, so, you know, sometimes scope is important and, and staying within that scope. But it was really lovely. And it's always fun when you hand your work off to an editor and they get that excitement and go, I didn't know that you were going to take it here or that's a great idea or how did you come up with that angle or that's always it's always uh you know, it makes me feel like i'm doing the right thing yeah you know so it's reassuring mm. so it's wonderful to hear that you yeah go, i love that that excitement yeah you know, going, this is what you did with something i made and yeah and particularly
actually with picture books, I know when my kids were going through, you know, kindergarten and prep before they could read, yeah. they were reading picture books by the pictures. Yeah. And reading them, yes. and making up the words. Visual literacy. Yeah, so visual literacy is so important. Well, that's what I was just doing in my talk outside before. Um, I, I was showing different languages and different uh, texts and uh, different alphabets. And then I showed a picture. And it was interesting to see, I, I hope the message got across that, you know, visual, visual storytelling, I, I'm particularly passionate about because of precisely that reason. If we are visually impaired, it, not visually impaired, um, if we are able to see something from the moment we open our eyes, we are taking in the world, we are learning everything about the world before we can read, as mm. you say. But also if you travel somewhere, if you travel somewhere and you go into a toilet, you, you look for, you know, what is this? The, is this the bathroom? Uh, this is the bathroom symbol. You're using all of those visual clues. Um, and I think we kind of sometimes take for granted what we are taking in, what we're interpreting in advertising. So, and I, I said in my session before, visual storytelling is, in my opinion, kind of mind control. You are, you are selling something, you're, you're, um, you're tricking somebody's mind with the visuals and they're unaware of it. Mm. And it's really diabolical when you think about it, but yeah. it's that's why you've got to use your power for good instead of evil. Absolutely, which is <laughs> what you're doing. So, <laughs> Which leads me to, you know, you're very passionate about sharing First Nations perspectives and mm -hmm. stories. So tell me about that and how important that is for kids today. Okay, um, so I'm a Bundjalung woman. I grew up in Sydney on Durrug country. Um, when I was uh, small, there, there, I didn't feel like there was many books that resonated with me and helped me form a sense of identity as an Indigenous person. Uh, there, there were some books and I celebrate these books. Uh, I'm so grateful for these books being out there. So books like um, Pamela Loft's uh, series, The Dreaming Stories, mm -hmm. like How the Birds Got Their Colours. and. Yeah. You probably remember, I think we're similar vintage. You know? <laughs> so um, those books. And then there was um, my, my favourite book, one of my favourite books um, from my childhood that celebrated um, Indigenous inclusivity and Indigenous perspective uh, was My Place uh, by uh, Nadia Wheatley, I believe. And I think Donna Rawlings was the illustrator. But that was the first time I saw an Indigenous kid depicted in a book in an urban landscape and that was that was something really special to me because I suddenly saw that there's somebody else out there and this is you know this is what it's about so and actually I, I should mention when I was four I was in preschool I was asked to illustrate a book in preschool and it was an indigenous uh, resource book so it's not a storybook it's just you know if you are doing something on indigenous language these are the books these are the films you know if you're doing something here and this book um i didn't really understand what it was at the time all i knew was that i was asked to illustrate it and my name was in that book <laughs> and it was so it was so special and then to think about and books have always been really big in my life my mum's a teacher librarian um and she's a book lover art lover um first nations woman so, you know, that from my childhood, that experience of illustrating that book, seeing, seeing the books that I had access to, I, I didn't in my wildest dreams think that I would be back here, but it is, again, it's another full circle of coming back in and illustrating, uh, having the opportunity to illustrate children's books. 
I, that's something that personally drives me is to give back to the Indigenous kids mm -hmm. like I was yeah. as a small child, um, giving, giving them that sense of I'm seen, uh, I belong in this world, uh, you know, and, and we, are not, we are not just one vision of Aboriginality. Uh, you know, it's not about blood quantum, it's not about skin colour, it's not about where you grew up. If you were a First Nations person in Australia, we, we are so diverse. And I think that the opportunity to celebrate the, that diversity and, and highlight those differences is important because all of those kids need to see them. They need to see themselves Absolutely. in children's groups. Yeah. Absolutely. So you said you illustrated from a young age. So is this a talent you had from birth? <laughs> I came out of the womb. Yeah, you were illustrating at four. <laughs> uh, um, so you know what? It's funny because I think um, you know we use storytelling from a young age. Yeah, like it's those things that spark happiness in mm. us or or drive us. Uh, for me, I, I was always drawing. I loved drawing. I loved performing and things like that as well. I loved communicating, however I could. Yeah. It's like, have I got your attention? I'm going to grab it just for a minute and I'm just going to try and do stuff. And with art, um, I think I always kind of took it for granted. Like I'm not professionally trained or anything. I just I would draw. And it was, I think, a study, it still is, um, to, to look at something, process that, and then see how I can put that out. And I, it's something about that exercise of asking myself, can I do that? And then what can I do with it? And um, yeah, I, I, the process of uh, interpreting, interpreting the world, mm. and then demonstrating that for other people. Like, do you see this as well? It's it's just yeah, a communicative tool, I think. And I love that. And I love how art they all feed into each other. Yeah, Whether definitely. It's communicating verbally or yeah. illustrations or words. Yeah. It's all, yeah, and it's like, why do we do it? I, it's we've been doing it for thousands of years storytelling thousands of years and well, you know with first Nations storytelling as well it was so oral but also so visual in its uh you know beautiful artwork mm -hmm. and so that carrying on that cultural sort of tradition as well you know i think that's in my blood i think that's mm -hmm. in my family's blood you know i love it we're lucky to have you sharing all Aww. these stories <laughs> so thank you. well i think we're living in a really amazing time as well where we can do this mm -hmm. You know, so not to get too heavy, but you know, my grandmother grew up in Sydney, and she she had to uh, protect herself by hiding her in her Aboriginality. You know, and so it's been an amazing thing in my lifetime to see a shift in in attitudes in Australia, and you know, to, to see that my grandmother now is you know, a proud Bundjalung woman. My mum is. Uh, we can we can stand on our country and. Yeah. and celebrate that but there was a time when we couldn't yeah. so yeah that's important yeah it is important and you know books like yours the ones that you know you collaborate on they're important for continuing that shift because i'm sure there's still work to be done massively massively and it's funny because i was i was talking at the state library last week or the week before and and talking about you know the truth telling that uh is going to happen so so many other first nations artists illustrators authors we we're looking back in time in many ways because we have such richness of story of history and and truth telling and healing that can all happen and it's almost like this backlog mm. it's like 
there, there will be there, there is so many books flooding the market at the moment. Uh, Paul McDonald was talking about trends. I don't think a trend for Indigenous books is going to go anywhere because because those stories are important and they haven't been told yeah. and they've been sitting there waiting and now they're now they're starting to emerge and with that and this is what I love about children's books. There's somebody dancing out there. Somebody pretty special. I think that would be Kate Temple out there. Is she calling it? Is she saying it's my turn? And we're getting a lot of people out the bus waving to us. It's lovely. It is lovely. So if you're here, come and wave to us out there. Yeah, back of come us. and say hi. Um, yeah, but I, I think that uh, Paul was. What was I saying? There was uh, trends in yeah books. children's books. Saying a lot of things. I just, I, I think it's pretty special that we are going to um, continue to see so much truth telling. There is another person hitching well, a ride on Russ the bus. Adrian Beck once again. <laughs> oh. He has interrupted um, 100% of podcasts. So oh, okay. I, well, good. So long as you've interrupted mine as well. You may end up as roadkill, Adrian. <laughs> Yeah, anyway, I yeah, I think that we're only going to see even more amazing books. Yeah, out, absolutely. So. Well, thank you so much. You are signing books now, I believe. Oh, maybe that's why he's waving at doing me. Doing all sorts of things. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you so much no, for thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> I shall. Oh, well, we've got a photographer.